0: Before we go. And so I want you to take your Bibles once again. And I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter number 4. Some of you remember we were there just last Sunday night. And this is sort of a, you know, we don't typically we don't do this kind of thing, but this this morning was a part two of last week's Sunday morning message. And tonight is a part two of last Sunday night's message. And so uh, 2 Kings chapter 4 in your Bibles and we're going to talk to you tonight, once again, about this subject, the Holy Spirit and sanctification. And so <clears throat> all, uh, we'll, we'll take just a moment and review, but, but all new materials tonight, all, all new material uh, and some really great things. And uh, I don't know that, that it'll preach as well as it might teach tonight, but it doesn't matter, right? As long as we get the truth out, isn't that the main thing? And, uh, and so when you find your place in Second Kings chapter 4, let's all stand tonight. And I just want to personally testify and say, I sure am glad I'm here tonight. Amen. And uh, man, I'm just blessed. Yes, sir. I'm just blessed. I'm telling you, my wife and I, we're blessed. We're blessed to step onto this property. Amen. Amen. And that's the truth. And I'm not just saying that because that's just what the preacher's supposed to say. I'm just, I'm testifying tonight. And I was out there this morning before Sunday school time ever got here just thinking, man, it's just good to be here. I think I know, I, I, honestly, I don't have any problem understanding what Peter was saying when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration and Jesus was transfigured before him and he said, Lord, let's just make three tabernacles. Let's just stay. It's good. Let's just stay here. Uh, I understand that. And By the way, we're just getting a little, a little tiny, tiny, tiny dose of what we're gonna get for eternity in heaven one day. And so heaven practice tonight, amen? Amen. 2 Kings chapter 4 in your Bibles, and look at verse number 1. It's only about seven verses, but it's a great story. Verse 1 says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. And then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out unto all into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go, sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. And boy, I think right there we could say God's good. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to talk to you a little bit more about this subject tonight, the Holy Spirit and sanctification. You may be seated tonight. Let's go to the Lord and pray. We'll jump right into the Bible study tonight. Father, thank you for your blessings. And Lord, it's been a wonderful day at Calvary. I cannot believe we're having the Sunday night service. Lord, I cannot believe we're already at preaching time. And in just a few moments, Lord, this Sunday will be in the books. And Father, thank you for giving us a good day. Thank you for the great music we've enjoyed today. Lord, thank you for the spirit of worship, spirit of fellowship. Father, thank you. Thank you for your sweet presence. And God, we want to thank you for giving us a powerful word that we can dive into tonight. And I pray that's what we'll do. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you'll use the preacher tonight to say something, do something, Lord, to... Uh, remind somebody of something. And I pray that because of this, Father, we'll go out uh, stronger vessels, more established in the faith, better than we were when we walked onto the prop- property earlier today. Father, if there might be any in this crowd or any that's watching by way of the live stream who have never come to a saving knowledge of Jesus, Lord, I pray that uh, this day, October the 30th, 2022, will be the day of their salvation. Uh, Lord, that child of God that's a little discouraged, Lord, tonight, I pray that you would encourage them in the Lord, and I pray that they'll go home saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord. So, Father, knit our hearts together now as we learn from thee. We love you, Holy Spirit. We praise you, and we ask you for your help tonight. In Jesus' name, we pray, and for his sake, amen and amen. And, uh, of course, most of you know 2 Kings chapter 4. The Bible tells us here that a son of the prophet has died uh, son of the prophet, just in case you weren't in the service last Sunday night, a son of the prophet would be like a Bible college student, a ministerial student. Uh, here's a man that's probably studying under Elisha, and uh, and he's died. Probably a young man, I would gather. Probably. We're not sure about that, but probably a young, young man. And he's left behind a young wife and a couple boys, at least we know, um, and evidently, they're in a bad way. I don't know exactly why they're in debt, but they're uh, evidently they're in pretty bad debt. And the Bible says that the widow reaches out to the prophet Elisha for help. The creditors uh, are coming, and they're wanting to be paid. And they're getting ready to make her sons into what the Bible calls bondmen or slaves. Um, and Elisha, the prophet, the man of God, asks her what she has in the house, uh, and she says to him. Uh, I don't have anything. She said, I have have a, a one little pot of oil. And Elisha's advice is this, go borrow every vessel that you can find and pour from this little pot of oil that you have, pour out into those borrowed vessels. And the Bible tells us that when this little widow, when she acts in obedience, and have you ever done this? Have you ever thought one of these days when you get to heaven if god has some kind of a glorified dvr or something that there's a few miracles that you'd like to see the lord rewind and see those again i this is one of those and she she comes in the house she takes this little pot of oil she's got all these borrowed vessels in front of her and uh, i don't i don't know how big her her vessel was we'll get to that in just a minute but She takes this little vessel of oil, and here again, here's all these vessels on the table, and she pours that little vessel of oil, and it fills and fills, and it fills that vessel up, and she looks down and she says, man, there's still oil in there, and so she goes to the next vessel. She pours and pours and pours, and it fills that vessel all the way up, and she says, I'll be switched. Now, you have to know Greek to know that, but she said, I'll be, uh, I'll be, and uh and she pours in that third vessel and it fills in all the way up. And then she just goes, keeps going, keeps on going, keeps on going. And she fills every vessel that she has up. And she says to her son, son, bring me another vessel. And he says, mama. He said, we borrowed every vessel we can find. He said, we don't have any more vessels. Uh, and it filled every single vessel up. And the prophet says to her, go sell the oil and settle your debt. Now we said last Sunday night oil in the Bible is typically a symbol of the Holy Spirit. We said that oil was used for anointing. We gave you several scriptures to go with that. We said that oil was used for lighting. Oil was used for cooking. And this is where we sort of camped out a little bit. We said that oil was used for sanctification. Now when you see that word sanctification, it just means to be set apart. It means to be set to the side for special use. Now, again, we'll uh, just bring a few things to your memory last week. Number one, we said from this lesson, we learned that the vessels needed to be empty. We see that in verse number three. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. And by the way, in that, not preaching on this tonight, but in that I see some humility. Humility. Uh, she had to humble herself to, to, to be willing to go to the, the uh, neighbors and to borrow these vessels. Uh, how many know that God uses humble vessels uh, not proud, not cocky. And so he says, I know you don't have them, but go to your neighbors and, and borrow these vessels. And we notice here he says, even empty vessels. And so the vessels needed to be empty. Last Sunday night we said they needed to be empty of sin. We said that they needed to be empty of self. And so uh, the vessels needed to be empty. Then we said this last Sunday night, we said the vessels needed to be many. We, and we noticed that in verse number three, uh, he says to her, borrow not a few. Uh, the more vessels you get, the better it's gonna be. And the more debt you're gonna be able to pay. And so the vessels needed to be empty and the vessels needed to be many. Now, again, let's uh, pick up from where we left off. We, uh, this week, just going through here and, man, just reading this passage and getting ready to preach and, uh, and more, just, uh, just seven verses is all it is, and yet, as I read these seven verses, it just seemed like that lesson after lesson just sort of leaked off the page, and so I want to give you real quickly tonight, and I mean that, I want to give you real quickly four lessons, four lessons more that we learn concerning this thing of the Holy Spirit and sanctification. It's right here in the seven verses that we read tonight. First of all, very very shortly, notice this. Number one, we notice the singularity of the oil. The singularity of the oil. Now, you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, look at verse number two again, if you will. Second uh, Kings chapter four, verse two. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, look at this, save a pot of oil. Now again, I looked that up and studied that out, and that word pot there means a flask. Um, This was known to be a small oil jug. This wasn't anything big. Um, It wasn't like your tea jug that you uh, use to make your sweet tea in and stuff like that. It was just a a small flask of oil. And she said, uh, sir, she said, all I have is just a pot of oil. Uh, But here's what I want you to understand, that one pot was enough. One pot was enough. Somebody said this, when you realize God is all you have, you find out that God is all you need. And that's true. God is enough. And I thought about that song. The songwriter said it like this, he's all I need. When I just need someone to talk to, He's always there to hear my prayer each time I call him. All my needs he supplies. My thirsty soul he satisfies. He's the Lord of lords, he's all I need. Boy, thank God this little lady only had one little flask of oil, but when God gets involved, that's all you need. And if you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I'm going through the fire. Pastor, I'm going through the, a storm right now. Preacher, we've got something that's coming to our life. And, and honestly, I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. I want to ask you a question. Do you, what, what do you have? You say, Preacher, all I've got is God. Well, I'm glad I can come here tonight and tell you, God is all you need, amen? And he can bring you through the storm and he can bring you through the valley. Boy, thank God he is not just the rose of Sharon but he is the lily of the valley, amen. And he will bring you through your hour of need. And so we notice the singularity of all. God is enough, he's enough. I remember, I remember many years ago, I was going down the road and I was listening to Focus on the Family. Uh, back when uh, James Dobson was still the president, Focus on the Family, and, and uh, they, they, they had a, I think they had a missionary, Family inn or something and and boy, they were telling the story and i and I remember man, just getting really caught up in the story, and they were talking about how they went to some remote jungle somewhere uh, way out in the bush, and they were trying to reach uh, a, a native village for the Lord. Well, something happened, and I can't remember all of the story I don't remember all that happened, but something happened, and the natives. Became very upset at the missionaries. Just a little handful of missionaries there. A couple of families or so were ministering to this tribe or this village. And, and the, uh, the chief or one of the, uh, some of the natives got upset with the missionaries. And so they decided that, uh, well, they were just going to kill them. I mean, they were just going to kill the missionaries. And so, of course, word began to spread. And the missionaries got word of what was going on. And they sensed the spirit of danger. Uh, and so that night they had already planned, listen, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna all get together. We're not gonna be in our individual houses. We're gonna come up to the main mission house and, and we're just gonna congregate and we're gonna pray that God would work and that God will protect us. And, and so sure enough, that's what they did. That night they met at the main little mission house there. And one of the missionaries, if I remember the story, one of the missionaries was up in age and had been serving for many years on the mission field. And he led them in prayer. And they begin to pray that God would, would work and in this situation, and that God would let them lead these folks to Christ, and that God would protect them. And, and so, they, of course, they were nervous, and that night, that night, sure enough, uh, through the darkness of the night, they could see. As these natives begin to sort of surround the house, and they had their spears and their bows, and, and these little missionaries thought, "Wow, man, you know what? Sure enough, they're going to carry through, and and they're going to kill us." And and they they got closer and closer and closer to the house, and although they could not see them clearly, they could tell that they were little by little they were surrounding this little mission house. And then, right about the time that you would have thought that these missionaries were going to attack, they begin to disappear. And so the missionaries, of course, they were peering out the windows and they were starting to see less and less of the natives until finally it looked like all of the natives had dispersed and went away. Well, they made it through the night safe and sound. and The next day they were safe and the next day and so on and so on. Anyway, long story short, they were able to get the gospel to this village and led some of them to Christ. And later on down down the road, after some of them got saved, they said, hey, you remember that night when the village got really mad at us and, and all of the missionaries had congregated in the, in the little mission house and we were praying and, uh, and, 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 and y'all started surrounding the house with your swords and your spears and, uh, uh, and you, were gonna, you were gonna kill us that night. Y'all remember that? And one of the natives said, oh yes, and yes, I remember that well. And, and they said, you know, one of the things we don't understand is that night uh, you surrounded the house completely. You could have attacked at any moment And yet we watched as you dispersed and went to your huts and your houses. And why didn't you attack us that night? And one of the head natives, maybe the chief said this. He said, well, when we got around the house, he said, we saw all those gleaming giants around the house. And uh, because of those shining giants around the house, we were afraid to come any further. And the missionary said, do what? And he said, yeah. He said that night we surrounded the house and we were getting ready to attack. And when we looked, said, man, there were these shining giants all the way around the house. And we decided we were no match for them. And so we left all the missionaries alone. Now, I'm going to tell you something, church. You know what I'm saying? When God, when you have God, that's all you need. Amen. God is enough. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing tonight. But I will tell you this. Thank God. If you have God on your side, thank God you and God make a majority. In fact, God makes a majority. He don't even need you. And so we notice here the singularity of the oil. But I want to show you something that I noticed that God showed me last week. And I hope this will be a blessing to you. Not only do we see the singularity of the oil, but number two, look at this church. We see what I'm going to call the seeing of the oil. Now stay with me on this, The sing of oil. Elisha instructed the widow to make sure that her sons were present for the feeling. Did y'all see that? Look back at your scripture again, 2 Kings chapter four and verse number four. Elisha is giving her very specific instructions here and he says to this little widow, and when thou art come in, Thou shalt shut the door upon thee, look what it says, and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Look at verse five. So she went from him and shut the door upon her. Look at that next phrase. And upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. Now you say, pastor, okay, big deal. Yeah, very big deal. You know what that teaches us tonight, Calvary? These children got to see the feeling take place. They observed firsthand the miraculous power of God. In other words, they didn't just go out and borrow all the vessels and bring them to mom, but Elisha said this when they bring the vessels, you make sure that you shut you and your sons in. I want them to see what God is going to do. Can I tell you, church, can I tell you tonight what would change America? And that's this, if kids got the opportunity to see parents who were filled with the Spirit of God, I believe that that would change America. Now, in a few days, I want you to vote. I want you to get out to the poll, and I want you to vote. I want you to cast your vote. It's very important that you do that. But I want to tell you something. Our hope tonight is not in a Republican Party, and our hope's not in a Democratic Party, our hope's not in the President of the United States, and our hope's not in a Senator. I'm going to tell you what would change America if some parents at Calvary Baptist Church tonight decided we're going to get filled with the oil, we're going to get filled with the Spirit of God, and we're going to let our kids watch us be filled. We're going to let our kids be led, watch our kids uh, uh, let our kids see us be led of the Spirit and controlled of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. And brother, I tell you what, I believe we would see God do something great in this nation once again. Listen to me; it's exactly why Timothy turned out like he did. Because Timothy saw the oil in the life of his mother and his grandmother. Listen to these verses. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul said to Timothy, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, he said, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. In other words, Timothy, you know why you're making a difference for the cause of Christ. You know why you're blessed. One of the reasons is because, thank God, you had a mama that was spirit-filled and a grandmother that was spirit-filled, and it made a difference. It made an impact. Listen, church, I don't think y'all follow me tonight. I'm telling you, it made an impact in in Timothy's life. Listen, did you know what would, would help our kids is when they see mamas and daddies who are not just Sunday Christians and walk in here and act like you've got it all together on Sunday and you praise God on Sunday and then you cuss on Monday and you praise God on Sunday and you gamble on Tuesday and you praise God on Sunday and you live like the world on Wednesday. Listen, let me tell you what will make a difference in our homes. That's when kids get in the house and see a mama and a daddy and a grandpa and a a grandma get filled with the oil, filled with the Spirit of God and walk in the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, that would make a difference in our nation. Listen, I'm telling you something. One of the reasons that I am standing here tonight to preach the gospel to you is because I saw the oil firsthand in the lives of a daddy and a mama. Boy, I'm so Thank God I had a mom and dad who let me see the miracle. I had not perfect. I'm not saying they were perfect. they weren't perfect. But thank God, I had a mom and a dad who were what they were on Sunday, but they were what the, they were the same thing on Monday. They lived what they did at church throughout the week. Mom and dad prayed at church, they prayed at home. Mom and dad praised at church. they praised at home. <laughs> And so, thank God they let me see them get filled with that oil. And I'm telling you something, it made an impact on my life. By the way, it's still making an impact. We spent a lot of time with Mama this week. And now you pray for my mother, and she's standing in need of prayer. 88 years old. She's ready to go to heaven. And uh, she's having some problems. They have got her down here at CMC in Concord. My wife and I were, the other day, were there the other day. And the doctor came in. It was a lady, a lady doctor, super nice lady. And she came in and she began to tell mom all that was going on in her body. And and uh, mom, mom got a few good reports. And so she was sharing those good reports. The doctor was sharing those good reports with us. And with mom, mom was laying in the bed. And all of a sudden, mom took that little arm, and she probably don't weigh, she probably don't weigh 90 pounds, and she took that little arm, and she just raised that arm up like that right there, and the doctor thought she had a question. (laughs) Mom didn't have a question. She raised her little arm up, little bony arm. She just raised it up like that, and the doctor sort of hesitated like she was going to ask a question, and when she hesitated, my little mama said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord! That doctor was caught off off, off base just a little bit, and the doctor said, "Yeah, yeah, I praise him every chance you get. Praise him!" and uh, And hey, we had a little praise session right there uh, in the room, and and that's the truth, by the way. That really happened. And you know what? Thank God that I got to see the oil. I got to see the miracle. I got to see what God did in my daddy's life. And I got to see the difference that God made in my mama's life. And thank God I had a mom and a dad that loved Jesus on Sunday, but they loved Jesus on Monday. And thank God they lived for God and served the Lord. And uh, and thank God I got to see that. Hey, parent, listen to me now. Let me tell you what your kids need. They don't need to see you backslide. They don't need to see you get out of the will of God. They don't need to see you quit. Some of you have come so far you're doing so good and you say preacher it's not making a difference yes it is making a difference yes it is and don't you quit don't you back up don't you slide back I'm telling you what you keep going forward you keep going forward and you be consistent and you let your kids see you get filled with the Holy Spirit amen I love that point right there and so we see the lesson of the singularity of the old We see the lesson of the seeing of the oil. But boy, how how about this church? Look at this. Number three, we see the lesson of the secrecy of the oil. What do you mean, Pastor? These vessels were filled in private. Look at it. Look, look, look at 2 Kings 4, verse 4. Again, Elisha's given some very specific directions. And he says to this little lady, verse four, and when thou art come in, huh, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out. In other words, don't start pouring out until you've shut the door. And he says in verse number five, so she went from him and shut The door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out again. The widow was instructed to shut the door. You know what God is saying? I don't want people watching. This is not something I want performed in public view. Now, listen. This is what this is what we're learning. The feeling of the oil was not something designed to bring attention to the widow. It was something to bring attention to God. But boy, how many know this? We see the exact opposite of that today. When people believe that they're filled with the Spirit of God, they want you to know it because they want to do something public. They, they want to see some kind of a, they want you to see some kind of a gift or some kind of a public manifestation now listen if god gives you a gift praise the lord for that but i'm just telling you we notice right here that this oil was poured out in private it was not a spectacle it was not a public spectacle the fullness of the spirit is not designed to bring attention to the vessel the fullness of the spirit of god is designed to bring glory to god now I want you to hold your place right there in Kings chapter four, but I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the gospel of John, John 16. And by the way, church, we're about done. So y'all hang in there with us. We're about done. John 16, and I want you to look at verse number 13 tonight. John chapter 16 and verse number 13. Uh, People talk about the Holy Spirit a lot, the Holy Spirit. Um, What's something that we need to understand that's very important about the Holy Spirit, Okay. Look, if you will, at the Gospel of John, John 16, and I want you to find your place in verse number 13 tonight. And look what our Bible says. John 16, verse 13, Christ is teaching about the Holy Spirit, and he says this, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Look at this next line. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. Look at verse 14. He shall glorify who? He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto to you church this is what i'm saying the fullness of the holy ghost is not so you can show off to the church it's not so you can act like you're some kind of a super spiritual being that is not listen if that's your goal for being spirit filled you got the wrong goal that's not what it's all about spirit fullness is a private thing listen it's something that god does in your life so god can use you in a greater way to bring glory to the lord jesus christ and i'll tell you something else we notice again it was done in private He said, when you get in that house, shut the door and don't start pouring out until the doors are shut. I don't want this to be public. I want it to be private. And Calvary wanna tell us something tonight that the filling of the spirit of God is a private thing. Don't expect to get filled with God's Holy Spirit because you can sing great. Now, if you can sing great, praise the Lord. But that doesn't determine if you get filled with the spirit of God. Don't, don't think that you're going to feel with the Spirit of God just because you can preach good or put together a sermon outline or you can sing in the choir or you can play an instrument or, or you're talented. No, 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 no. Listen, this is what I'm saying. If you and I are going to be filled with the Spirit of God, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take some private time with Jesus. Amen. Yes, sir. We've recently had several of our young men in the church who feel like maybe God might be working on their heart to preach the gospel. Well, that's exciting. That's wonderful. But fellas, I'm just gonna tell you something. A call to preach is not necessarily a call to get up behind this pulpit. A call to preach is a call for you to walk with God. A call to preach is for you to find a private place somewhere, a prayer closet, a pea patch, a, 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 a trail in the woods somewhere, and for you just to get along with God and walk with him and talk with him and listen to him and let him talk to you and let him pour into you. And why? So you can share him with everybody else. Oh, listen to me. Being filled with the Spirit of God is a private its a private thing. And may I say this, no wonder Jesus was given the Spirit without measure. We started, by the way, we started there many, many weeks ago. John 3.34 says it like this, For he whom God has, has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him, the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, Preacher, why was Jesus so filled? Because you find in your Bible that Jesus was constantly, constantly spending private time with his heavenly Father. And I've got right here in my outline tonight, I've got verse after verse after verse where the Lord Jesus Christ is getting away from the crowd and he's just walking with Jesus. Hey, church, I know this is simple preaching. I know this is really simple. You're here tonight and say, preacher, I'm having a problem with raising my kids. I'm having a problem reaching my family members. I got lost family members and they're not coming to the Lord. And You say, preacher, I've tried invites and I've tried you know, all these things, any advice? Yeah, just get along with God. Man, just get somewhere and shut the door. Just get away from everybody and just shut the door. Get in your car and go drive and don't have anywhere to go. And just turn the radio off and turn your phone off and just walk with God and talk with God and get, get, get private with him and let him get private with you and ask him to fill you. Ask him, Lord, if, you, if you've given us your Holy Spirit, and I know you have, God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? God, I've got some grandkids that I need to reach. God, I, I've, got a, a, I've got a son or a daughter I need to get to. God, a, I've got a mom and dad that are lost, and I need to reach them. And, and Lord, it just seems like everything I'm doing is not working. Hey, maybe, just maybe, you need to get away in a private place and, and just beg God and plead with God that God will fill you, fill you with his Holy Spirit. And let God use you. We notice the secrecy of the oil. We're done tonight. Number four, lesson four, we notice the sanctifying of the all. Did y'all see that church? Turn back over to 2 Kings chapter four again. Our Bible tells us this, that once the vessels were filled, the vessels were set aside. Look back at verse number four. He says to her, and when thou art come in, Thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Well, that's interesting. The vessels were not set aside until they were full. You say, preacher, I want God to use me. I want God to use me. I want God to put his touch on me and use me. But it just seems like I'm sort of spinning my wheels. It seems like I'm not making a difference. Any advice? Yeah. Get full. Man, just empty. Just, just empty yourself of self and get full of Jesus. Just get full of the Holy Ghost. And you know what happens? When the vessels got full, when the vessels got full, listen, I, let me see here. Yeah, I do. When the vessels got full, they got set aside. Now the half-full vessels and the empty vessels were still over here, but the full vessels got set aside. You want to be a dad that gets set aside, get full. You want to be a Sunday school teacher that gets set that's get gets set aside, get full. It's not about your talent. And that's why some people who can sing like everything never get set aside. That's why some people who can play an instrument like like everything never get set aside. That's why some folks who really do have a gift of speaking and teaching never get set aside. You know why? Because they're so full of self. They're still over here in the empty section. But when they finally empty themselves of self and sin and they say, oh God, I need you to fill me. God, I need you to fill me. And they get serious about the fullness of the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, God says, "Hey, I'm going to pour into this guy right here, and since he's so full, I'm going to set him over here to the side. I got something special I want him to do." Isaiah 44:3 says it like this: "For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my Spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring." Most of you have heard the name Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was an early 20th century evangelist. He preached over 20,000 times to over 100 million people. Billy Sunday is one of the only men who they say one million people walked the aisle and professed faith in Christ under Billy Sunday's ministry. And every time, they said, every time evangelist Billy Sunday stood behind the pulpit to preach, his Bible was always, always open. To Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. You can close your Bibles We're done. Old story, hadn't told it in a little while. This was a church sort of like this. And one night it was, an, I think it was a Sunday night service and I guess their service started probably at six o'clock like ours did. And anyway, time was getting closer and closer and folks were coming in. The building was starting to fill up somewhat and the preacher couldn't be found. And uh, they thought, well, he's just running a little late. Something's going on. I had to take a call or he's doing some counseling or something. And he'll probably be here. And so, man, it got about five till. Preacher still wasn't there. And that wasn't, you know, it didn't characterize him. And, and uh, well, it got about three till, two till, and he still wasn't there. And, uh, and then uh, it was the hour for the service to start. And the preacher still wasn't anywhere around. And so some of the... Men in the church, there was a little boy there in the in the crowd, and they said, Hey son, they said, run down there to the pastor's office and see if he's there. Make sure everything's all right. That little boy, man, he scooted off, you know, and and was gone for several minutes, and he came back, and it was after time to start the service now. And and they said, Hey, did, did did you find the preacher? Is he coming? Is he coming? And that little boy said, I found him. He's in his office. And he said, he is coming. And I'll tell you something else. When he comes, he's bringing that other fellow with him. And they said, do what? He said, I, all I know is this. He said, I put my ear up against the door. And he said, I could hear the preacher and they're saying this, I can't do it without you. I can't go without you. I won't go without you. I can't preach it without you. I can't do it again without you. You've got to go. You've got to go. You've got to go with me. you got to go with me. You've got to go with me. you got to go, go with me. And he said, I don't know. I don't know when he's coming. But when he comes, he's bringing that other fellow with him. Let me tell you, what would change Union Grove, North Carolina, is if we had a whole church full of people who said, next time I walk into Calvary Baptist Church, I'm not going by myself. I'm not walking in that Sunday school class by myself. I'm not walking in that choir loft by myself. I'm not preaching a message by myself. I'm not playing an instrument by myself. I need that other fellow to go with me. The Holy Spirit of God. Father, we love you. Thank you for this lesson that you've taught us from 2 Kings chapter number 4. Lord, thank you for showing us about this oil. Lord, thank you that, Lord, filled vessels are set aside vessels. Lord, filled vessels are used vessels. Father, tonight I pray that you'd give us some parents that are full of oil. God, these little kids, these little boys and girls that are running around this place, may they see a mom and a daddy that are filled with the Holy Spirit. God, they are what they are on Monday, what they were on Sunday. God, there's not one lifestyle at church and another lifestyle at home. God, help some boys and girls and teenagers to see some mamas and daddies that are filled with the Holy Ghost. God, I pray you'd give us Sunday school teachers that are filled, preachers that are filled, choir members that are filled. God, give us a church full of people that are full of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray you do it, oh Lord. Father, help us. Lord, all I can do is this. All I can do is get up here and just preach. That's all I can do. Lord, they're gonna have to be thirsty. But Father, remind them of that verse that I read tonight, that if we're thirsty, you'll pour it out. God, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, oh Lord, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand all over the house tonight. Hey, church member, are you filled? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you filled? Say, preacher, I wanna be, but I'm not sure I am, all right? All right. Why don't you make your way down to this old-fashioned altar tonight and decide to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Hey, mom and dad, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Hey, why don't you come tonight? Would you come, Sunday school teacher? Are you filled with God's Holy Spirit? Why don't you do business with the Lord tonight? Real quickly tonight before we go. How many are here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I know beyond a shadow of doubt I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you, you just slip your hand up and say, Preacher, I know I'm saved. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this, though. Is there one here tonight, anywhere, who would say, Pastor, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure of heaven, I want you to pray for me. Is there one like that anywhere? And I can pray for you tonight. Anybody? Preacher? Not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me tonight? Can I pray for you? You just slip your hand up right now. Can I pray for you? Hey, church, here's the invitation. If God spoke to your heart, you come tonight. We're going to baptize here in just a moment. And... Uh, but the altars are wide open tonight, amen. Time's not late. If you need to come, you come tonight while we wait, okay? Father, thank you for what you're doing. Lord, thank you for teaching us tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll, that you'll take this simple truth and Lord, I pray that you'll hit it home in the hearts and the lives of our people. Oh, Father, help us to be thirsty helps to realize, Lord, we cannot do what we do in the power of the flesh. Lord, it'll fail us every time. We need you. We need your filling. As husbands, we need to be spirit-filled. As wives, we must be spirit-filled. As servants of God, we need the filling of that oil. And so, Lord, help us tonight, please. And we thank you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Hey, if you're watching the live stream tonight, we're so glad to have you tuning in. There's a number on the bottom of your screen right now. 704-327-5662. And if you're watching this broadcast tonight and you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, would you call? We have some people waiting by the phone right now. And they would love to take your call and share Christ with you. Would you call us right now? I promise you, we'd love to talk to you. Love to be a help to you tonight.